Oh, yes, I'm confused. So Empire of Storms is the fifth one. Because you were right when you said fifth one, and then I told you the Qu- Queen of Shadows was fifth Yes, one. yes and okay. then we got really confused. And, <laughs> we're confused and- on the series that we talk about all the time. Welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and today I am joined with my good friend, Alex. How are you today, Alex? Good. I always want to say, like, after you say, Marissa, I always, like, almost say my in. name and yeah. be like, and I'm Alex. <laughs> you could. No, that could. feels uncomfy. <laughs> I mean, this is the last currently scheduled one you have with this us, but next time just jump in. Just right. be like, and I'm Alex. It'll be great. Like right. Everyone will appreciate it. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh, how have you been? Pretty good since the last... We haven't podcasted in a while. We were doing like... Like a lot in a row yeah. and then we took a little break. It was... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to give my list of books for when Megan is back, but what have you read anything since we last... Um, I started reading a book called The Shadow of the Gods by John You should just have stopped it on, like, a book. I started reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I did start reading a book, um, by John, John Gwen, I want to say. I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if I love it yet. Okay. Maybe, like, a quarter away of the way in. It's kind of, like, uh... Nordic fantasy inspired, mm-hmm. which is not the issue. I just don't know if anything like has really caught me yet, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I totally get that. But uh, it's funny because I pre-ordered this book randomly because I saw the cover and it had a, it had a dragon on it. <laughs> so I was like, I, I should probably buy this. I and actually, For some yeah. reason I was like, I think I'm going to like this book. But so far I have not, I'm not sold yet. I think that's okay. I feel like there's been books where I've read and I'm I've not been sold until the last little bit, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you're not you know gonna be sold, yeah, necessarily. And then I'm still like halfway through A Touch of Darkness, but I'm like not calling it a DNF yet. But it's getting close. But I just really don't feel like reading it. <laughs> Normally, I feel like when Megan or someone you know is having trouble finishing a book, I say you know like pick up the audiobook. But I don't think you want to. No, I don't really no. want to. <laughs> it's not. I don't think the audiobook could fix it for me. No, I just, I'm just meh. <laughs> yeah, it's just meh. That's fair. That's uh, it's one of those you know TikTok maybe overhyped. Yeah, and I'm just not not enjoying it as much as I. I mostly, and I'm being selfish here, but I mostly want you to finish it so I can complain about it with you. <laughs> But even if I don't, you can tell me what happens and then complain about it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> no, I'm be... not against spoilers. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. The series, the where the series goes, is like kind of unhinged. Yeah. It's like it's not great uh but you know maybe maybe let's let's move a little bit into the topic because i feel <laughs> like i could complain about certain books for a while and and that sort of thing but that made me sound like i really hate books didn't it um <laughs> just yeah, some just some just some that's right you just have strong opinions on a few yeah we all do it's fine we have to have strong opinions but you know how boring of a podcast this would be is if you know everyone got on here and like, was like we- love that, all books but not even love because that's a strong emotion just right. that was fine pleasant <laughs> that was that made me feel content <laughs> i can't even do it yeah nothing good nothing bad <laughs> nothing good nothing bad it was just there yeah it just existed just in my read world <laughs> love that <sighs> I am excited. So last time you were on, we drew a topic from the jar, which was very exciting. And we are going to be talking about uh, the best endings that we've come across in books. Now, I have a question, and I I haven't told you that I was going to frame it like this. So feel (laughs) free to be as betrayed by my Uh surprise as... No, it's not that bad. But there are are a few specific types of story endings. Um, And Megan and I have talked about this before because we talked about... um, certain endings and which ones we prefer but there so there's six main types there's a resolved there's an unresolved there's an open-ended or ambiguous Mm -hmm. there's expanded endings which it can mostly be defined by when you have that epilogue right that the little extra glimpse into the lives years later yeah (laughs) yeah that one (laughs) um the twist endings or unexpected endings and the full circle endings 
So my, you know, it's so silly, but the the only example I can ever think of for the full circle, even though I've read a lot of full circle endings, is The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. No, I have never read The Outsiders. That's fair. So I read it in school and it was one of those books where I felt like it was kind of the first time, not the first time necessarily like wholly, but it was. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh, sometimes the book that they make us read in school isn't terrible. Mm. And I actually really liked it. I ended up... I feel like everybody likes The Outsiders. It's. I feel like it's hard not to. It has a certain charm to it. It's like Grease, but taken way more seriously. Mm. And, you know, I... There's some really good lines in it. There's it's it's just different enough of a world that right. you really have to pay attention, but not so different that you become lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really well written, I will say. Like I really love the way Essie Hinton wrote it. And so, but that one starts and ends with the same line, and so that's what the the full circle obviously means. But I'm a big fan of that one. It's done in a way that doesn't make it seem like trite or like unnecessary. Right. But I, I wanted to ask, like, what do you, what would your go to kind of ending be? My go to ending. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of the different endings that I even enjoy. Like, well, so we have, and I mean, I, we we discussed a little bit of what we were going to talk about before we started here. Yeah. So if you're thinking about Lord of the Rings was one that came up for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say you mentioned it, so yeah. you get the full credit there. But uh, that would be what I would consider almost a... Um, Resolve? Yeah, so that's more of like the expanded too, oh, right? Because okay. you have yeah, so much... there's a lot that goes on at the end. Yeah, there's so much. And I don't know if that's maybe a technical classification. Like that's my feeling of it is it feels expanded. Yeah, maybe it specifically feels expanded because like a lot of that ending isn't in the book or sorry isn't in the movie yes so if you've only seen the movies you wouldn't even know all of the extra stuff that goes on plus you have half a book of appendices that yeah. you can go through if you want yeah there's a lot of extras <laughs> yeah it's like ha- like literally half the book there's just extra stuff <laughs> yeah and i yeah so I'd, I'd say you're probably like most people are resolved yeah. Like, I don't really know a lot of people who like the unresolved endings. Kind of like the full circle thing, though, now that you've talked about that, because I believe the Wheel of Time actually has that. Um, oh, that's interesting. At the very, very end. And I, now that I think about it, I do actually kind of like that. Yeah. Um. Sometimes, is there something that's kind of unresolved, but like, I guess open-ended would be. Open-ended or ambiguous. So a really good example of open-ended or ambiguous that I've read recently is The Ones We Went to Find by Joan Hee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, obviously this episode is going to have some spoilers, so just throwing that out there to yeah. everyone. <laughs> but in in that book, you are faced with, um, and I don't want to get into like necessarily the whole plot of it, but at the end, there is this question of you just see our main character diving into the water um, to swim to see her her sister, kind of. Right. And you don't know what she's going to do when she gets there. And right. um, there's kind of a few options of, you know, and this is somewhat spoilery, but like it's whether she's going to kill her sister or perhaps let her sister kill her. Right. Or um, there's also, uh, I know Megan's ending in her head was more of like she just kind of kept swimming. Right. Um, and so there, there is all these possibilities and you kind of have to decide mm-hmm. based off of what the, like what little cues the character is thinking. That actually makes me think of, and big spoilers if you've never watched The Sopranos, but The Sopranos is like yeah. an unresolved ending. Um, and it's actually really cool the way they do it. Because, like, stuff's happening. There's, like, all this kind of tension build up. And then the screen just goes black. Yeah. And then this Journey song starts playing. And, like, that's the end. <laughs> and you don't know what happened. happened. Like, if, you know. Yeah, see, I that sounds more. Spoiler crazy, but yeah, it that, just, like, ends. <laughs> that sounds very unresolved. Unresolved, Because, like, okay. you're, like, you don't really have a hint of what's going to happen. Yeah. So another, like, more ambiguous ending i actually read recently was the awakening by uh kate chopin but it ends with the main character going out to sea essentially to kill herself Mm. but you don't actually see the death and you don't actually you know it's just her continuously swimming far away from shore so like in your head there's quite a few options you know what could happen 
there's what is likely to have happened, but you don't you don't see clearly mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I'm a fan of this is because generally you have to have had such a good story leading up to that point. Like for it to be enjoyable, you yeah. have to have been enjoying the story so much that you can come to that conclusion mm-hmm. of like like knowing that, you know, probably no one's going to save this girl. And, you know, why she went out there and, like, it all makes sense to you. But you still have to synthesize that final moment. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm a big fan of it. I do love the full circle, though. I think there's something neat about it, right? Yeah, like, about it, just... it ending with the same. Kind of makes you think of, well, this is, again, a TV show and spoilers, but Lost does the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the very starting scene is one of the main characters opening his eyes in a forest and then the very last scene is him closing his eyes in the forest. Yeah, see, that's nice. Or it jungle. just yeah. tightens it, it together. His eyes? Yeah, that makes sense. I only really watched like the start of Lost in the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I kind of got bored in the middle. So, might have missed a few details in yeah, the middle. <laughs> but I do know that that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah, so I think most people like... This is not a TV show podcast, but... Yeah, we're... Here we are talking about TV fine. shows. Stories kind of Yeah, count. stories. At one yeah, point, they're exactly. a script, so yeah. it's... Yeah. They, they were enough. written down at some point. They were written at some point. <laughs> I think Sopranos is a book. Is books, maybe? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure. We can Google that. feel like you need to give us an example of all the endings now, because then I will be able to think about books that I've read that okay. relate to these endings. Resolved makes sense. Like, you know. Resolved is the majority resolved. of books. Uh, and this is where, you know, it's happily ever after. or a Typical fairy tale ending. Yeah. So a, a more unresolved ending as well is is more common, I would say, in, in series where you have that cliffhanger. Right. And I don't I don't know anyone who would love it necessarily at like the end of a show like The Sopranos or, mm-hmm. you know, because that's going to that's going to grit on people yeah. because you're there's no way to know. Um, So I would say a good unresolved ending. Oh, and you know what? The first one that popped to mind, it's not. Kingdom of Ash by Sarah J. Moss, but it's the what fifth one? Uh, Empire of no, sorry, uh, Sha- Shadow something. Oh gosh, I should know this. Queen of Shadows. Queen of Shadows is that? <laughs> Queen of Shadows is four, but Queen of Shadows is the one that because Empire of Storms and um, fucking whatever his name's book. <laughs> Tower of Tower Dawn. Dawn is the same time, right? So yeah, so Empire of Storms is the one I was thinking of. Because that's the one. That's the one that ends with Aelin being taken by yeah. Queen Maeve. Yeah, yeah. And that is the very like unresolved ending, right? Right. right. Um, but you can kind of think of almost any series as having an unresolved ending in yeah. it. I would say also one that you're a big fan of, which is uh, Brandon Sanderson's. Yeah. Stormlight Archive series. Mm-hmm. I'm totally blanking. Words of Radiance. Yes. I caught the name of the second one. Good for <laughs> me. Uh, so Words of Radiance would have a really good unresolved ending. Yeah. Um, all of them do. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> Oathbringer and uh, Rhythm of War actually is probably my favorite. Yeah. So they all have. Maybe Rhythm of War. Ah, no. It's still pretty open-ended. And, and, and the thing They're with unresolved. having multiple characters like that is you can kind of, you can kind of think of them, I think, or I would. Think of them in terms of their storyline, right? So some characters are going to feel a little bit more wrapped up. Right. Whereas others aren't. Um, and certain storylines are going to be wrapped up, but definitely not as a whole concise series. You're mm-hmm. going to find that. Oh, I'm just looking up ambiguous ending books. Apparently The Giver. That's yes, kind of, the Actually, Giver. The Giver is a good example. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm remembering the ending. Um, Expanded. Uh, we kind of talked about like Lord of the Rings. I would say, and I don't always love bringing up Harry Potter, but the the seventh Harry Potter book has an expanded ending. Mm-hmm. It has that epilogue. You know, it's all fine and dandy, and she really could have ended it, or it could have been ended rather at you know right before that epilogue, mm-hmm. yeah. and still felt like everything was wrapped up fine. Yeah, but the epilogue becomes the extra. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is you know, and I'm honestly not the biggest fan of all of those because I think sometimes the epilogue ruins it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it adds just enough. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really hard balance. Sanderson is a fan of epilogues. Yes. Um, and prologues and interludes. interludes and <laughs> he has lots of extras in his Whatever books. he can throw in to give it extra mm-hmm. volume. Epigraphs. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on in those books. <laughs> I don't think that man can like 
help himself. Yeah, no, he can't. I, I think even his novellas are huge, and they have all the extra stuff. They are actually like I know he calls them novellas. I think by a technical definition, they're not a novella. Yeah. <laughs> they're regular novels. <laughs> yeah, a novella tends to be like much fewer words than that. Yeah, just because his regular novels are like one million words or whatever. Or yeah, yeah, whatever it is, and like twelve hundred to sixteen hundred pages. Yeah. Doesn't mean the 300 page novel is a novella. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah just, exactly. it's just a small novel. In his terms, it is, but not quite. <laughs> He's like, wow, that's so short. Um, and then th- we were back to the full circle, which is, I mean, my, my favorite example is The Outsiders, but there are others. Mm-hmm. I, um, speaking of so unresolved type cliffhanger books, um, Six of Crows has a good unresolved ending at the end mm-hmm. of that one. I do enjoy it that series it makes you those are the ones that make you like immediately need the other book otherwise yeah you will go a little crazy i i kind of wonder um just in particular like how much of a unresolved ending do you do you not mind because there's there's a balance for me okay it also depends on if the whole series is out like i'm not going to be as bothered if the entire series is out and i can just binge the whole series because you and me both are like the crazy speed readers Mm -hmm. but if it's the first book and i've chosen to pick it up and then it has like fourth wing i'm gonna be kind of annoyed (laughs) because then i have like a hangover and nothing will help until i get the next book (laughs) yes i yeah i i i feel the same way yeah it really but like then i think and it's not really fair because like you know then you're mad at the new book that just came out but like it does make it easier when uh, it's just the next book. Like yeah, you can it's just, just there. get right into it. So. I think, and so I think one of my favorite endings of a series that I really appreciated was actually uh, the Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Okay, I have that. Um, by Sulin Tan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's remarkable. I know I keep telling you that you have to read it. Yeah, it's one. It's one on the list. You know? <laughs> it's on the list. It's gonna come. But it, uh, what I loved, I think, the most about it. So there is a, it's a duology. Mm-hmm. I actually have the second one and I haven't read it yet. But when the first one ended, I felt so fine with the story. Mm-hmm. So it was a superly, superly. I'm going to just make up <laughs> words. Is that okay? Superly. So it was a superly nice, <laughs> it was a super nice resolved ending mm-hmm. that left it open enough that I could see where she could add more things in, mm-hmm. but not so open that I felt frustrated or annoyed that the next book wasn't already out. Right. Because I had read it at a time where the next book wasn't out and I was ha- I had to wait. And it, it's been a nice experience because I don't necessarily feel like I have to go back and read the first one either. Right. That helps. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of the time with those big cliffhangers, it does feel like you have to like immediately read the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like with uh, Queen of Shadows, uh, we always talk about Throne of Glass on here, but like I was so angry that like, the next book, A, yeah, was didn't not, deal with it. Yeah. Was not dealing with it. I, I was so mad that, I, not mad. It was so, wait, maybe it is Empire of Storms that has that ending now that I'm thinking about it. Because I feel like I, had to Google. Empire of Storms ends because Kingdom of Ash deals with the yeah, issue. but yeah, Queen of Shadows is the one where it has Queen Maeve. That's the fifth one, right? And then it goes to Tower of Dawn, and then it goes to Kingdom of Ash. But Tower of Dawn and Kingdom of Ash, or sorry, Tower of Dawn and Empire of Storms happen at the same. time. They happen at the same time, yeah, because Tower of Dawn ends with uh, Kale and Irene heading off to sea to come back to meet up. To find everyone else, essentially. Right. And to help out with the war. And then they meet up with everyone in Kingdom of Ash. Yeah. But I do think it's Empire of Storms that ends with her getting taken. No. No? No. A hundred percent. I'll tell you how Empire of Storms ends. Because I actually, I don't, that was not standing out to me uh, in terms of the plot. So, But anyway, specifically with those books, I had to like Google what was... Oh, yes. I'm confused. So Empire of Storms is the fifth one. 
Because you were right when you said fifth one, and then I told you the Queen of Shadows was. Fifth yes, one. Yeah, and then okay. we got really confused. And, <laughs> we're confused and... in the series that we talk about all the time. <laughs> I never remember the names. That's my issue. So they all yeah, kind of blur together because we read them in like a weekend. <laughs> That's also so, true. <laughs> I just spent like one month reading just this series. So yeah, that might be mine why. was literally like, like I it was. I'm not. This sounds like I'm like trying to one up you with like the one month. You did it in a way that was like manageable with a life. <laughs> I did it in a way that was like it took, It was unhinged. <laughs> it was absolutely unhinged. I remember finishing Empire of Storms, so the fifth one. I'm just going to say the fifth one because yeah. I'm so scared I'm going to say the wrong name. <laughs> but I remember finishing the fifth one and then I looked at Tower of Dawn and I realized that it had nothing to do with uh, Aelin. Yeah. He was just coal like and whatever and i remember starting it because i was so angry and i read like a hundred it was like one o'clock in the morning when i finished the like and like i started the next book like and i had work the next day like <laughs> it was unhinged so yeah i finished in like two weeks they are a blur yeah, yeah. the only i think the only reason i even remember that Empire of Storms ended on that cliffhanger was because Tower of Dawn was squeezed in between it. I was so pissed yeah, about it. Very angry. Yeah. I read Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn at the same time. I did like the duo read situation. Mm-hmm. And I had to Google at one point, and this is big spoilers for Kingdom of Ash, but I had to Google at one point Rowan like saves Aelin. You were like, I can't. I, can't. I was like, I can't. I will not be able to function in real life if i do not know that she's okay <laughs> and that they get back together because i i like i will break so i must yeah. know <laughs> yeah well and you know it's just like yeah i i i just read i read tower of dawn so fast mm-hmm. and i made myself pay attention cuz like i just wanted to skip it yeah. and i was like i can't could have <laughs> you probably could but like you would be able unpopular like- maybe an unpopular pin cuz a lot of Wow, I cannot speak unpopular opinion because a lot of people say you mean Superly like, wasn't like the worst thing that was said today. <laughs> a lot of people say that's like an important book. You it could, kind of is. There's but- like one important thing that you like is kind of fun to know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just didn't pay attention to it, but I was like, we, I... we dealt with this whole thing. That's why reading it at the same time of Empire ah, as Empire of Storms was honestly like kind of nice because you can like flip back. And forth. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. That is the right way. I think, I think to be entirely honest, if I may critique, Sarah J. Moss should have just had Cole interspersed. Yeah. Or Kale. Like Cole? We could have just is turned that, those I into two. Do I don't know. I I'm don't still, care. I will about never him. forgive her for <laughs> spelling it him. that way. But yeah. That. I always said Cole, but not said- as in the name C O L E, as in Cole, like lump of coal. Because that's like, what he that's represented. What, that's what he was, yes, that's how I. That's how I imagine I him. It. Yeah, that's just, how I imagine. Just, yeah. just going around the story just like a lump him. of coal, <laughs> something to be given yeah, when you're not very good. Could have been killed off. I would have been happy. <laughs> I think he doesn't die. Should have. More people could have died in that book. More people could have died. Yeah, sorry. I will say. So I know this is best endings. I feel like we're yeah. we're we're just ripping on the ripping on ones. <laughs> That okay. should have just been Tangent. our topic. Yeah. We should have just said. Let's discuss Throne of Glass. <laughs> I think I think what, what I don't love, and this is one of the reasons I'm not like a huge fan of the expanded ending or the super resolved ending, is, is actually series like Throne of Glass where Kingdom of Ash ends and I, I could have had less. Mm-hmm. Like I could have had it less nicely neatly super tied up up. everybody with their partner and their well everyone with their heterosexual (laughs) specifically their opposite gender partner (laughs) perfectly in love yeah nobody nobody's single well i guess henry's a single which was so sad gosh she was my favorite i think that was the only yeah she's like i gotta have one single person yeah, I can't just even make it. Just make it this. Guy. I feel like he was hinted to be like. I think the fandom likes to be like, oh, maybe he's gay, but it's it's Sarah J. Maas. No, so I like... wasn't going to say that. I thought he was hinted with someone else, but I might. No, I don't think because his brother died, so he was kind of, and he was like watching Aelin get tortured, so he was kind of messed up. Yeah, 
She was like, so he's sad. too messed up. Aelin, who got tortured, fine. Yeah. She can. <laughs> she had some PTSD for sure, but <laughs> she figured it out. I do think also it was like everyone's in love and married and we're all going to figure out a way to have babies. Yay. <laughs> and I just, I was like, I thought there was like a whole thing about how Aelin and Rowan probably weren't going to be able to have a kid. Or something. There was something there, and then it was like at the end, she sees this future where they of have course. this child. They have and children, and they're happy. <laughs> and they're happy. And I was like, you know, I feel like Aelin, of all people, maybe needs to not have a kid. At least not right away. Yeah. Aelin deserves, like, A, a break. She deserves some more power, because all her powers got taken away. And uh, she'll just let her be Just, for a just let bit. her dance around in beautiful dresses and yeah. not have to kill anyone for a She's while. She's immortal. She does not have to get pregnant immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also think... Uh, so... Yeah, my, my whole question was, like, what is your favorite? And I, I do think it really depends because, you know, every one of these endings can be done poorly or really well. Yeah, it depends on the book. But I feel like when I get to ambiguous or full circle endings, I feel like the books that I read, because they're, like, not the standard way to end it, like, it's standard to just have a resolved ending, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's simple. If you're writing a series, you have unresolved endings in the middle of the series. Yeah. But, like, the standard is that... So most people try to do that. So when somebody takes on a more ambiguous mm-hmm. or full circle ending, I I do tend to think it's because it's intentional. Yeah. It just feels like it's somewhat a little bit more special. Yeah. It's, more, or, it's more fun. And it is more, more fun. fun. It's funner. <laughs> either either work. With the Wheel of Time, I I believe it's full circle, but like things are mostly resolved yeah it's also the end of a 14 book series so if things weren't resolved like it'd be a little annoyed yeah um but it does have the full circle like effect yeah which is kind of which is fun well and the thing about the full circle is not that things haven't changed or nothing has changed throughout the course of the book either just because you're coming back to kind of a beginning position but it's more of like you know, perspectives can have changed or something like that mm-hmm. too, or mm-hmm. there is some sort of element that is the same. All right, so I think we've talked, like, I, I, I got kind of bogged down in the classifications, and <laughs> you'll have to excuse me for that. But and then what, the Throne of Glass talk. And then the Throne of Glass talk, which we got going on. But were there any other books you had uh, specifically in mind, or if you want to expand on other Well, ones? we can talk about the Lord of the Rings a little bit, because that one is such a great ending, and, like, there's so much that goes on that yeah. is not in the movie there that, like, if you never read the books, like, I understand why people are a little judgy if you've only ever watched the movies, because so much happens in the yeah. Shire afterwards, and it's, like, so exciting. Like, there's so much stuff going on. Well, and it's one of those things where I... what. <laughs> So funny. It's such a funny experience to read it and know the movie. Yeah. And I know there's going to be probably someone listening to this who who's like book first. And that's usually how I am. I'm with you. I mm-hmm. understand your plight. But there's something interesting about having watched the movie. Yeah. And then you get to the part where it's essentially like they're in Mordor. Yeah. Ring destroyed. And you look at how much is left and, and you're like, still, something is like, not right. I, I don't know how many chapters, but there's, like, a lot more left. Yeah, like, like, that's what I mean. You're, like, clutching this book and you're, like, hmm. Like, not only the story, but then plus if you didn't realize the last half of the book is, like, appendices stuff. Yeah. There's, like, that, too. So you're yeah. looking at this book and you're, like, why am I halfway through this book? And yeah. it's ending. Like, this is the end of the book. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's like, going on? <laughs> what's going on? So in kind of short terms, I guess we can kind of talk about exactly what happens, but re- they... <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien, yeah. <laughs> the one, you know, if you've heard of him. Yeah. Tolkien actually, uh, you know, goes into detail about their journey back. And honestly, the I think we did not just go through this. I'm now giving my opinion. But I think why I like this ending so much is that it doesn't just end at the end of the battle. Like a lot of books end that way. Like, you know, the battle's over and everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. But this one, like, he goes into detail about how they get back home. They don't just, like, but I, appear I, I, back I think, home I think in your mind. Pop- they take the journey back. Yeah. And, like, and he writes it. Just think about the time period it was written in and, you know, the realities of actual war. Mm. I, I, kind, I kind of, I do appreciate the fact that everything's not just fine. Yeah. They go back to the Shire. 
And stuff is messed up. <laughs> and they have to fight again. Yeah. And they have to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And they have to try to reattain this life that they left. And kind of like by themselves a little bit. Like they don't really get the help that they had. Yes. You know. And it's and it's the four hobbits that we know and love and you're just you're just watching them, you know, try to reclaim the sh- the Shire mm-hmm. and also in a way slowly understand that they never will. Mm-hmm. Like they have changed and yeah. and that's the big thing with Frodo, right? Like Frodo has changed so much that it's yeah. He's he not can't. really okay with that life anymore. Yeah. Not because he doesn't want to be, but because it's just different now. Everything's different. It, it it changed because it had to change. Yeah. Yeah. And and they do eventually have I don't want to say happy ending, but like they have their sort of Well, there is a resolved ending. Yeah. And I appreciate that cuz I would have also been like you can't go through that series and then not come yeah. to a good conclusion, right? Yeah. But I don't think, you know, it's not happily ever after, mm-hmm. which is easy. Yeah. It's also not Shakespearean tragedy, everyone dies. Yeah. It's people died, people lived, people overcame, people changed. And because of their change, you know, nothing nothing will be the same. And, and in some ways that is good. And in some ways that is incredibly sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I like those endings because they feel, I don't want to say more realistic necessarily, because I don't think everything always ends perfectly in real life, but it feels more true to like life experience, right? Like things don't always end good or bad. It, it's kind of those shades of gray. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary and Pippin live together. And I just love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, these two, come on. Come on. They're. They're together secretly. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> secretly, could say it in the book, but like, let's, let's not be real. secretly. <laughs> BFFs. Yeah, yeah. They're just really great friends. Really that live together. Good, <laughs> great friends. Yeah. I I love. I I I really do love the ending of mm-hmm. that book, and I think it's so worth it. And I think a lot of the reason of what makes that like a harder series to read, in mm-hmm. the sense that there's so much detail is what makes it so brilliant Mm -hmm. because there were so many, there's so many opportunities to not write that in depth and to not take it is, is kind of amazing. Yeah. And if you're looking at it and you're like, wow, three whole like pretty big books to read, Mm -hmm. just know the last one, it's like half a book. Okay. It's half of that. When you're looking at the whole book, half of it is appendices. <laughs> there you go. That if you don't feel like reading, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> There's some interesting stuff in there, but it, it's not yeah. necessarily part of the story. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I have the I have the same experience, to be honest with you. And in this one, I, I do want to talk about Brandon Sanderson because mm-hmm. I I know you've, well, obviously you've read it because you shoved a book at me one day and <laughs> read. read this. <laughs> but... I think what is so delightful about those books is it, he really bridges that line of like unresolved. It is an unresolved ending with a more resolved feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel, you know, thrown to the wayside. Oh, he's, my God, I have to start the next book or else I'm going to like spontaneously combust. Yeah, he's got very good. He's very good at endings and like a lot happens in the end. So there's yeah. a lot of information thrown at you. And I almost feel like there's so much information that you like almost need a chance to like sit and think about it before you jump into the next one, which yeah. is kind of nice for you and me both because we get too attached and then are like, oh my God, I can't like live in the real world because I'm in this book. Um, and for I appreciate those, that you do that as well. Cause yeah, you know, if I'm in a world in a book, it's, it's hard to function sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so with those, it's kind of nice because you do put the book down and you're like, okay, I can digest this. Yeah. And then when I have time to start the next 1,400-page book, I will. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and that's how I felt, actually. I think this is the first. This is the longest break in a series I've given a book that I've ever, like, loved. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's going to be a journey to read the next two books. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, like, giving myself time to, like, be in a space where I really want to do that. And that's fantastic. Yeah. I took a big, um, I mean... I gave birth, so I took a bit of a gap between Oathbringer and, and, How dare you. and uh, Rhythm child. of War because of that. But also just in general, I uh, I was able to like, okay, put down Oathbringer and move yeah. on to the next one. And then once you start up Rhythm of War, it's like, you know, 
just flying through again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Miss Bourne, actually, if we're talking about Sanderson while we're talking about it, his other series, one of many, uh, Miss Bourne has a good ending to the series. I want to say it's resolved, but there is some ambiguity to it. Yeah. Um, and some like endings. I always, I, I always it. feel like a good resolved ending has a little bit of ambiguity around like the main characters, mm-hmm. but not directly affecting them. Yeah. Whereas an expanded ending has that feeling of, you know, almost too much. Yeah. It's like you don't have any questions. That left. one is like a good line between like there's ambiguity for sure in some of the characters, but also like. I believe there's an epilogue, so it's like mm-hmm. slightly expanded, but it's not like, and they all lived happily ever after the end. Everybody yeah. got married. <laughs> Everybody got married and had kids. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> yeah. All was well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I won't go any further into detail on that one because I know you haven't read that one. Yes, I haven't. Good. And I'm a big, I'm suddenly a big Sanderson fan, so I'm yes. sure it'll be coming down the <laughs> It's hard the not pipe. to be. Yeah, it is really hard not to be. <laughs> I, yeah, so I think I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, and I know you're not necessarily much of a classics reader, but... Honestly, you're you're getting me interested, okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are some I think you would really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Specifically, to be honest, I think you would have a, like, an interesting take on Jane Eyre. Mm -hmm. Because... Which I will say, that is a very, if not an expanded ending, it's a very resolved ending. Mm-hmm. But I just, I I love the levels of it so much. I love that there's like a ghostly, mis- like almost mystical aspect of it. I love even the way, and I, I know you're not a big religion person, but even the way that she talks about religion is, it, it's just interesting to read. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so I won't spoil too much of that one. Jane Austen is another one. I feel like she really does tend to nail the endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only ending I remember not being like the biggest fan of was Sense and Sensibility, which is one of her earlier books. And so you have, in my opinion, it just doesn't hit quite as nicely as the other ones. Mm-hmm. But Pride and Prejudice has a more solid one. But Emma and Persuasion have like my two favorite endings because it's just such a nice slow burn romance right. and it all um comes together with this one line that is uttered by the like main love interest mm-hmm. and you know then things get wrapped up after that but i love this you know just this moment of just complete absolute like emotional drama right coming from the man right of like i can no longer hold this in Mm-hmm. In Emma, the line, and it's it's a beautiful line, and it goes something along the lines of, if I loved you less, maybe I could talk about it more. Right. And I just, every time I read that, I'm like, <laughs> that's such a good way to talk about it. Yeah. It's just like all this frustration that's built up throughout the novel, just, it just comes like spiraling out of that line. And, and then to wrap it up really nicely after that feels good. Yeah. And I mean- Part of this is the genre, right? Like you're talking technically a romance novel. Right. And you don't really want your romance novel to end ambiguously. Like that would be really annoying. That's where you really specifically need a happily ever after. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like the huge epilogues in like contemporary romance where then they have like five kids and they're like, oh my God, I'm so thrilled to like be in love with you. Like I just, you know, I Megan made the joke one day and she was like, well, why, why can't I just be like, we got a dog and went to therapy. Like, yeah. like, like that's the ending. That's the epilogue I want to read. Yeah. But I, I do love, yeah. Jane Austen just nails it. I yeah. think in particular. I have one. What to call this? Maybe it's like slightly ambiguous or slightly unresolved. But I enjoyed the ending of Aragon. Um, okay. Like inheritance, and you've I've read it. I so I knew you were going to say that. I read it. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I read it. I remember liking it. I have no clue what happened. Like, <laughs> it is gone from my brain. There's, like, a few glimmers of something. Yeah. But I've actually been meaning to reread it for a while because I, I could not tell you what happens. You and me both. Oh, 
Sorry, we have a baby's head bumping the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ending, he basically, like, the war is over. So, yeah. like, that's been kind of dealt with. They're mm-hmm. working on, like, picking rulers kind of situation. Yeah. And they have all these dragon eggs that they need to raise. And Arya has become a dragon rider mm-hmm. and realized, sorry, I guess spoilers for Aragorn. <laughs> Nature spoilers. She does love him, basically, or like is kind of willing to yeah. go there. But he has decided that he has to take the dragon eggs away and like help raise them mm-hmm. on his own away from Argazia. Argazia? I don't actually know how to pronounce it. So he goes off. It's it's kind of um, Lord of the Rings esque, where he like basically rides off on a boat and leaves her behind kind of thing and right. he goes with some elves and so i know he's planning to write more i believe he actually has a book coming out next year potentially not murtaugh because he has another one coming out about him but there is um he's always said he's going to write more about yeah. it so it's there but i liked i think the reason i liked that ending is because like it was happy in the sense that like the war is over and the world is going to ideally be at peace but like it wasn't necessarily happy for him yeah and he still had to it it was happy in one sense but then sad because he had to leave like the person that he loved but he was going to go and like help rebuild basically like a species yeah so i don't know i i always feel a little bit iffy when they like do the like you know main character has to leave or something like that and it weirdly in a weird way reminds me there was a movie since we were talking about movies a lot in this one there's a movie called, and this is rom-com, <laughs> but it's The Breakup mm-hmm. with, I think, Vince Vaughn and um, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. I know what movie it is. And I remember, again, spoilers here for that movie. You know, <laughs> it's really old. Well, not really old, but it's old. <laughs> it, you know, it, just being in the rom-com genre, I think the expectation is that they're going to figure out how to be together. Yeah. And the entire movie is about them breaking up and trying to figure out how to make that work because neither of them want to leave the apartment that they're in. Right. They both want the apartment. And you see glimmers of like why they love each other and like why the relationship has fallen apart at the same time. You know, and I think the expectation is that, you know, they're going to figure out a way to be together mm-hmm. in this movie. But the the reality is it's it's just them figuring out that they are terrible for each other and then the end of the movie is like seeing them down the road with other people and being very happy right and i remember when i first watched it i was like that is a worst ending like it was like really sad <laughs> it's a rom-com come on they're supposed to be together yeah it's like it was really sad and then like as i get older i'm like that's like such a great ending <laughs> well, excuse us if you hear a baby in the background yeah, she's, she's just the realities and... of life she's rolling on the ground a little bit <laughs> But, you know, and I I think when it's when it's done with intent, those like bittersweet endings can be really good. I don't love when I feel like it's just I mean, just to end it that way, just to end it not together. Mm -hmm. So I felt that way very much with um, the Red Queen series. Yeah. Um, I just felt like there was like, oh, they can't possibly be together at the end. And it's like, well, why not? Mm -hmm. And maybe if I reread, reread. Aragon now because I haven't read it in a while. No, I still I can't be, I can't be. I'm biased about it. I yeah. just can't. I mean, when I re- can't read it with like a lens of what do I dislike, you know, thematically about this book, just yeah. because of how much of a favorite it was for me when I when I was. It's younger. like it's also like you know I don't know if you've ever seen You've Got Mail. I don't think so. Oh, you should watch it. It's tremendous. But there is there is this moment where you're like, oh, this is going to end like a typical rom-com yeah. where, you know, somebody saves the day. And it ends really happy, but it's definitely not like the happiest ending that you could dream of. It's a very realistic happy ending right. where there is kind of that moment of reality just kind of taking over. Yeah. And I appreciate that when it's, yeah, when it's done with intent. Yeah. So, and it sounds that way with like Aragon, like the way you're describing it. Yeah, at least the way I remember it. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? You might read it and be like, wow, what was I thinking? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of the danger of reading those old novels, right? Yeah. And it's been a minute since I've read like my childhood favorites. So I'm almost like, especially now that I've been on this podcast and we talk about books more often, I'm like, I don't don't know know. if I still stand by that. Yeah. (laughs) 
don't know if I can rate it five out of five again. <laughs> <laughs> Might have dropped a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the other one I really wanted to mention was actually uh, Rick Riordan's um, Percy, Jackson Percy Jackson series. Yeah. Percy I Jackson think- and the Olympians was the one that you read. Yeah. Um, and the the last Olympian was yes. the yeah. the final in the series there, but I really appreciated that ending. I thought it was it was expected, but mm-hmm. it was it's a children's book, so that's okay. Yeah, I just I just think it was nicely wrapped up. It was it was everything that it was supposed to be. He learned all the right lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, enough happened, and it definitely left it open because obviously there is more. In yes, that yes, book. but like it's open enough that like you can, you can add on, on to things. it. You can dream more about it. Yeah. You but can we didn't think get like a it. epilogue. You know, know, it wasn't firmly closed. It was resolved, but not firmly closed. Oh, sneeze. (laughs) Yeah, resolved, but firmly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. All right. So I do want to, we're in like the last little bit of the podcast here. And so I do want to, and this is, I'm also springing it on you. So just good for me for, you know. My baby's just chewing on a cord down there. that's (laughs) maybe not. Same, same texture. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Now we're not paying, playing with cords. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all right. So we're in the last little bit of the podcast. And I, I'm going to spring this on you, too. I haven't prepped you for this at all. So Uh-oh. I'm doing a really great job. But we do have some news. Okay. Yeah. So, and I know we don't have a start date. Um, oh, but I see. Very I, likely, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> very likely by the time this podcast has come out, which will be close to the end of August, if not the beginning of September, we will actually have more of a, a, a firmer date in mind. And yes. we will be doing more about this. So I just want to mention that we are starting a, a sister podcast is maybe a good way to put it. Yeah. To the the book jar pod. And uh it, it's a sister or a daughter podcast. I don't know what the relationship there is. It's something. I feel like sister is probably a good way. The, the it, good yeah. way to look at it. Uh, it's going to be called uh, The Queens of Fantasy. Yes. I'm leading this, but you will actually be leading that podcast, yeah. which I'm very excited about. Like... <laughs> I'm not prepared, but I could talk about it. <laughs> so The Queens of Fantasy podcast is going to be close reading fantasy series. And we will be starting with Robert Jordan's uh, Wheel the time. Wheel of Time. We're going to be diving right in with a, <laughs> just, just dipping our toes in with a 15 book series. Yes. Um, and yeah, yeah going to go through every book. I've read it. Uh, Marissa has not. And we are being joined by another amazing person named uh, Taylor or Tay. I'm sure yes. both names will be coming up. Yes. So that's fantastic. She also hasn't read it. So I'm going to be taking Leading. you two on the journey yeah. uh, through the Wheel of Time. And uh, I'm really excited because I talk about it. I mean, I think every podcast I've been on here, I've mentioned The Wheel of Time because I'm very proud of the fact that I've read it. Yeah. I mean, it was in your brag, literary brag. It was. It is a brag. And now after, you know, probably about a year of podcasts, you guys (laughs) will have read it too. Yeah. Yeah. The plan right now, and this is subject to change, so please don't hold this to this too firmly, but the plan right now is to be on about a monthly basis per book. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good pace, but obviously people can read at their own pace and just listen. Yeah. But we're going to be breaking it up into sections. So, you know, one month there might be three podcasts talking about one book and the next there might only be two or just one. The plan so far specifically with the first book is we'll do three podcasts because there's like three good kind of (laughs) three good sections to split into podcasts. Like pausing points or stopping points. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good um, parts of the journey. And there'll be a preview uh, podcast as well, just like an entry point into the yeah. world a little bit that I'll kind of go through. And then that first book, we're going to aim for three. Yeah. And then we'll see where it goes from there, because some of the other books can probably be put into two podcasts, maybe three, maybe even one. Sometimes yeah. it depends. So, yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in joining us on that journey, uh, that that is going to be discussed in the Discord that we currently have set up. So you can join that by looking at the description of the podcast. There may or may not be a server yet in there called the Queens of Fantasy, but it will be <laughs> being added soon. If at it's some point, there. it'll be there. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you can join that to also talk about our book club or to just talk about books with people who like books and who doesn't love that. Uh, we also have an Instagram account, so at the book jar pod here. 
Uh, we also have one for the Queens of Fantasy, which I believe is at the Queens of Fantasy pod. Yes. Yeah. Little lengthy, but totally worth it. Yeah. There's nothing there yet, but maybe by the point you guys are hearing this, y'all are hearing this. Yeah, go uh, check it out. Go yeah. see if uh, we've done some work or not. And if, <laughs> if we haven't, maybe give us a little prod. Yeah. That, that's Call us helpful. out on it. Yeah. <laughs> we love being called out. And Jenny. if you if you want to read The Wheel of Time with us, uh, you know, start collecting the books now because yes. there's... There's 15 of them, so. There is 15. I uh, am very excited to start this. I am super excited to see what other series we might read down the road. Of course, that'll be like a year away. Yeah. But you know me. I'm always dreaming. So, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. something from your TBR so you can. <laughs> yeah, we might have to orchestrate that a little bit. <laughs> Maybe the podcast will just be, what can we read off of Marissa's Yeah, I think TBR. that might be its own podcast at some <laughs> point. Just Marissa's TBR read along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I do want to just throw it out there, and this this is less scripted. So, do you have anything else you want to mention before we tie this one up? Uh not for me. No. Um. Yeah. Go give us a follow on Instagram and uh, maybe TikTok if I've made a TikTok account at this point. And um, <laughs> if you've read the Wheel of Time, you know, feel free to listen as well. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Correct me if I'm getting any facts wrong. Um. Yeah. Gently, but correct her. Yeah. I also would like to say that our 2 a.m. book club book of August slash September, which will be, you know, we'll be talking about near the end of September is uh, The Da Vinci Code by the all famous Dan Brown. Uh, So that one's going to be incredibly fun to talk about. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, That's pretty much it. So I guess the last thing to say is my very famous keep on reading on. (laughs) And I can't remember what my part is. Uh, well, Megan's part is to play the banjo and your part is to look terrified every time I mention that fact. <laughs> okay, so you're I doing got a that great down. job. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see everyone next time. See ya. love like she made it through most of it she did she did pretty good and uh yeah minimal minimal crying minimal crying there was a little she just there's a little cord eating there she was just trying to eat your laptop cord but it wasn't we figured yeah we got it (laughs) we got it we got her repositioned (laughs) now she's chewing on a blanket and and a toy it's fine that's what she should be chewing on exactly (laughs) by the way we're talking about alex's baby just so everyone is clear. <laughs> yeah. It could be just confusing. Just on the floor. Just <laughs> yep. My human baby. Yeah. She normally spends these podcasts strapped to me, but today she was not. She's not, not having it. it. It's so. too hot.